five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Team Podcast. We are back from the dead. Yes, yes, yes. I'm your host, Austin Webster. Uh, the Team Podcast has been on vacation for a little bit. We've been trying to recalibrate, regroup, and just try to make sure we come back strong with a good episode. And today, I think we have it. Um, this is a November to remember. And I'm joined today by a childhood friend of mine, Mr. Morgan McDaniel. How you doing, Morgan? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Morgan is a contributor to Revolt.com. Uh, also has a personal blog that he you can follow his thoughts daily and weekly. Uh, is it weekly or daily? Uh, it's whenever I have time. Stream of consciousness. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, that's flyer.com. Flyer with four R's.com. Uh, check Morgan's stuff out, man. He's an amazing writer. And, um, yeah, I just love, love his stuff. He definitely has good insights on the culture, sports, music, uh, you name it. But yeah, man, I, Morgan, man, I really wanted you to join me on this podcast because, uh, this has been an interesting time for just pop culture in general. You know, we, this is November 2016 is wrapping up, but it's just been so much stuff going on that I felt like a podcast with me and you talking about, you know, going off on some of these topics just to kind of just brainstorm, man. Like, is this stuff stuff that's going to get us excited or is this stuff that's going to just let us down? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's definitely in November to remember. We got, NBA season kicking in the full throttle. NFL is already in this peak form. We have, um, election. This is the eve of election Tuesday. You know, oh, big, goodness. big, big things going on here. You know, this is a scary, scary time for America. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's exciting too. So, uh, and then just recently we just were blessed with the, the gift of a new tribe called Quest album, their last album. Uh, I'll let you go off on the title, man. I forget it every time I have to say it. Uh, I want to say it's, um, thank you for your service. We'll take it from here. Thank you for your service. We'll take it from here. Yeah, it's very, very interesting title, but I'm pretty sure it's going to match the, the quality of the album. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, we find out that Tribe Called Quest is going to be, you know, Performing songs from the album and probably some other gems on Saturday Night Live this weekend, along with guest host Dave Chappelle, who is needs no introduction, the cultural icon that he is. Uh, I think it's his first time hosting SNL, but it's just a lot going on. And I just wanted to get Morgan in here and we can just, you know, just talk about it, man, because this is crazy. Like, it's some of this stuff is just like, wow, I can't. If you had told me like in June, July that all this stuff was coming towards the end of the year, I would have said you're crazy. And here it is, November, and you're just like, man, this is nuts. So, um, yeah, let's start off NBA season. Thoughts so far? Uh, I think it's, I think it's intriguing. I think it's too early to really definitively say anything about any team. I know Cleveland is still undefeated. But I'm just intrigued for a couple reasons. One, I want to see how this whole Golden State, this whole super team works out. I really want to see if the Clippers can put it together. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I feel good about them. Like, so they had a really good showing against the Spurs. 
And then they came out and well, no, not the Spurs, if I'm not mistaken. I want yeah, to it was say, Spurs. They played the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Spurs. Then they came out flat against you know Oklahoma City, but Maurice Spates off the bench looks good. Um, their starting five is still competitive. Chris Paul is still the best point guard, so we'll see. But I, it's it's too early to get too head deep into like what each team is going to be because I think everybody's still figuring it out. I agree. I agree. Yeah, my Memphis Grizzlies are definitely trying to figure it out. You know, guys coming back from injuries like, you know, key free agent um, acquisition, Chandler Parsons. And, you know, we just paid Mike Conley the whole bank. Um, I don't know why. I really don't know why. He is the cog that makes the Memphis machine work, man. You got to he, he is the without Mike Conley, the Memphis Grizzlies are not a playoff team or even in consideration for the playoffs. So I think he's worth his value. But. It's just like you said, everybody's trying to put it together. Um, I'm definitely intrigued by Boston and coming out the East. Uh, Brad Stevens is probably one of my favorite coaches just in terms of doing more with less. Did in college, he's starting to show that he's, you know, figuring out this NBA game and, uh, he's definitely showing the fruits of that through the, you know, just the playoff series of the past two seasons, just the competitiveness that his teams have, um, shown. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. But this, again, this super team, the Warriors, man, everybody's watching them. And to me, something seems off. Like it, it it's on paper, it's just like, wow, man, this is the, the most amazing 2K team you could put together. And, uh, <laughs> you know, three points, three pointers galore. But watching them, something seems off. I love the Zaza Pachulia pickup. He's probably one of the more underrated centers in the NBA. And he definitely is an upgrade over Andrew Bogut. But, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's something, something doesn't seem right there. It's like they got to take some while to jail. What do you think? Uh, I think so. So I don't know if it's spacing. So when they play, their offense spacing just seems off. So Kevin Durant, I, I think they're trying to account for Kevin Durant because he's a ball-dominant big man, right? So he's good at passing, but he plays really well with his back to the basket. He can stretch the floor with a three. Uh, he can get to the basket, create his own shot. So I think just something's off in that dynamic. I think the bigger thing is Zaza. So where does he fit in? He just kind of looks like that awkward guy that doesn't know what to do with his hand. <laughs> He's just standing up like, I'm over here open, maybe. Uh, but I think it could just be like a test of who's, who's the true alpha dog. So mm. is it Kevin Durant? Like it was, you know, Stephen Curry's show for however long, but then it was also Draymond Green's because he's the emotional leader, and you bring in such a strong personality and such a skilled person like Kevin Durant. Yeah. And it does take some time. So like, I know earlier today, Clay Thompson said that his shooting woes was not because of Kevin, but it's hard <laughs> not to see that it is, because he's not getting the same space that he's used to. That's uh, true. He's not catching the, the ball in the rhythm like he's used to. Like Even his shots, his open looks, it just seems like he is a hitch or he's hesitating. So I think they'll work it out. Uh, I think the bigger thing is their defense. Like Andrew Bogut was terrible on offense, but he was a great passer and he was a rim protector. Yeah. And now when healthy, when healthy. <laughs> and now you don't have that. Plus, you don't have Festus. So and where is Festus? Is he, is he in Dallas? Uh, he's in Dallas. Okay. Okay. So. I think they have some, the the bigger problem is I think their offense will figure it out, but their defense they need to move. Like David West 
is not cutting it. Um, their bench is a little bit weaker. So Livingston's been good, but who else is on the on their bench right now? So Iguodala, of course. But. Yeah, Iguodala. I'm partial to Ian Clark, man. He's a Memphis native as well, man. I remember you know reading about him at in the, out of Germantown High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, he came out of a small school called Belmont out of Nashville, but he's definitely been rising through the program um, for the Warriors in development, and he's definitely been getting some shine. Uh, whether he can do anything with that, you know, season will tell, but he's had a couple good games so far. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I guess the, the main thing was, you know, everyone's talking about Durant leaving the Thunder and kind of abandoning Russ Westbrook, and they had their first showdown last week. And this was Thursday night, TNT basketball. Uh, and the game did not, well, okay. The game didn't disappoint, but it kind of did in a sense that the Warriors just went, you know, medieval on <laughs> the Thunder as if they like, <laughs> like they really did something bad to them and they're going to like exercise their demons off of the, <laughs> the Thunder. But man, what a game. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see. This rivalry developed. And it's just pettiness of all pettiness. Like, I feel like Durant is taking shaded shots at Westbrook. I feel like Westbrook showing up in a photographer's vest was just petty. <laughs> so it's it's entertaining because they're really skilled basketball players. They had this relationship for such a long time. And now they don't. And it's just, it, it makes for really entertaining basketball. I think Oklahoma uh, is better than people give them credit for. But I think they just messed up talking smack. Like Kevin Durant, I think once um, once Ennis Cantor just said, "Why didn't you do this in the playoffs?" Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant just shut everybody up and just went off. But yeah. it's it's going to be an interesting uh, season series, especially just with with them. I think um, also with the Spurs, that's going to be interesting to watch throughout the season. And then, of course, they're they're budding rivalry, but not really rivalry with the uh, with the Clippers. I think that would be interesting watch as well. Yeah. Now um, the Thunder. You know, I'm, I'm a big Billy Donovan fan. You know, I like good coaches. I like and I like college coaches who run successful programs and who can navigate the NCAA tournament on multiple occasions to get to the finals. And Billy Donovan, I think he's going to end up being translating to a great. NBA coach because he knows how to run a staff and run a team and all that. But I just feel like the Thunder is like they're, they're trying to, it seems like they're trying to be really cheap. Like the guy who's like, is really big into being frugal spending and like making hamburger helper and like, Oh, look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm feeding a family of 10 on hamburger helper and just, you know, ground turkey. And it's like the Thunder cannot keep allowing Russ Westbrook to drive to the hole and be their main, like I'm going to say 85% of their offense it is not going to cut it. Like, Oladipo is a great pickup. I really like him, but he's not enough. And then after Oladipo, who else does the Thunder have? Well, I think they're trying to develop some of their draft picks. And I thought, oh, man. (laughs) I think Cantor can be really good. Like, I think he can be, I don't think he'll be a dirt, but I think he can be a solid double double guy. Now, Cantor, Cantor's solid, but for me, it's like you got to pick one or the other. Like they got this two-headed center thing going on, like the Bulls of the '90s with Bill Winnington and Will Purdue and them. Like, either either you're gonna have Cantor as your center, or you're gonna play him at the four, or um, Stephen Adams is gonna be your center, and like you need to commit to him. 
Uh, Sabonis, I like, you know, I'm a big fan of Arvita Sabonis and his son is, um, I don't think as offensively skilled as his dad, but I liked him out of Gonzaga. Um, but he's not, he's not ready yet. And then they let go of Mitch McGarry, you know, Michigan. Uh, I, even though he was a, a weed head, I really had high hopes for Mitch McGarry because the dude could ball back in college and he had that NBA body. And I think when he had some time, his rookie year, he shined and I guess he just injuries and drugs just really derailed him. But I don't know. I, they may develop these players and Billy Donovan may be able to get by and skate into the playoffs, but they won't threaten anybody, especially if everyone knows Westbrook is going to like drive the hole aggressively. Like all you have to do is just keep fouling him and wear him down. <laughs> yeah. I, in that respect. Yes. But Westbrook, like he's right now, I think for the first, first week he averaged something crazy like 37 and then like he's or the first six games or the first five games that was like 37 points like a, he almost averaged a triple double and then like even the last two games it's like 27 points so the they do need to diversify their offense but Westbrook is a force to be reckoned with so as long as everybody else can find their space and maybe get some, maybe get a shooter. I think that will help. Yeah, a shooter will help. Uh, a shooter, maybe they develop cancer and say, hey, let's put the ball in his hands a little bit more with his back to the basket. That's um, true. That's true. They should be pretty solid, though. And you're right. Like, Billy Donovan, he can scheme like nobody else. Yep. So I imagine that he's probably already thinking about some ways to you know get his rotation together, get his bench together, and hopefully – uh, build towards a run at the playoffs. I don't think they'll go past the second round, but yeah. if they can get there, that'll be solid. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. So moving along, uh, you know, staying in the sports realm, NBA, basketball, uh, Bill Simmons, you know, I'm a fan of his work, fan of what he did at ESPN in the Grantland and just really developed a 30 for 30 for series and just all that. You know, he's like the ultimate sports fans media uh, I guess member I guess in a sense he really understands the sports fan um, to a fault and so he moved along to, you know him and ESPN finally you know parted ways and he threw a ton of shots at him and just really you know he was Teflon Don like he was the man like he's like I made ESPN I I anything any kind of success ESPN had is going to follow me and you know, I got the most amazing content and my brand is, you know, bar none. And he took his talents to HBO and HBO again offers, you know, premium service, premium, you know, allows you to kind of pretty much do what you want in terms of, you know, profanity and creativity and whatnot. So everybody was pretty excited about what he was going to do, you know, bringing a, like a kind of a panel talk show interview format show to um, late night. And, um, the past, I, I think it's like 18 episodes in almost. Am I right, Morgan? Uh, I want to, I don't think it's that many. I want to say it's like 11, it's double digits. I want to say it's like 11, maybe tomorrow or Wednesday would be 12, maybe, but I know it's double digits. Yeah. You, you guys fat check this one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so they finally uh, pulled the plug. It wasn't doing well, and Bill Simmons out the gate has had some failure. So yeah, man, Morgan, what what are your thoughts, man? I know you want to talk touch on the Ringer as well. Uh, so I like Bill. I think his his book, 
was great. I don't really like Boston fans that much. <laughs> but uh, Bill Simmons, I think he's, like you said, he's the every guy. He's a sports guy, right? And yep. he loves sports. He's diehard about his home teams. Uh, he gives, you know, some unique perspectives. But I think in this respect, he thrived a lot because ESPN has really good editors. They have really good talented staff. And he is a unique brand, but I think he maybe just got ahead of himself. Mm. Uh, with the with the the show in particular, like the show never really had the same edge as you know his his uh, chemistry with Jalen Rose on you know talking about the NBA. Uh, it never really had the the Ringer never really had the same uh, product as Grantwood. Yeah. So I I feel like you know he probably was jaded he probably you know took the l from espn and went about his life he's like you know i'm gonna show you and it just didn't work out i think he still has a unique skill set and i'm interested to hear more of his takes and his perspectives but i think he needs to kind of dial it down a bit Mm -hmm. maybe just you know employ you know either really good talent um better writers um, a better staff overall because people usually don't go to HBO and fail, which is, I think that was the biggest thing. Like when he went to HBO, like you said, you have your your wide spectrum of creativity. You can have what you want. You can put on, you know, stars, actors, athletes, um, and then also talk about, you know, as much as you want to with profanity. Yeah. But he just didn't find that that niche so yeah i think you know in watching you know any given wednesday i watched the first couple episodes you know i was excited when it first came on and i felt bad i was like man i don't really like this and <laughs> I, I was still dvr you know and i'll go back every now and again just a good interview like he had one with vince staples that was kind of interesting um and just recently he's had paul pierce on who had a great great interview and he had one with wayne gretzky and uh that was pretty good. And then uh Larry Wilmore was a guest um on one episode maybe about two or three weeks ago. And it was just phenomenal TV. Like Larry Wilmore, I'm like, man, he belongs on HBO. Like the day uh not the Daily Show, but uh was the was it the nightly show with Larry right. Wilmore? Yep. Yeah, I'm, all my facts are bad today. Uh but yeah, he you know, he was just he was cursing. I'm not saying cursing is the end all be all to be funny, but it just fit him better and he was talking about sports, culture politics it just felt like more of a natural fit uh but anyway yeah um just to get back on track uh this feels like bill simmons do you remember when snoop dogg i'm gonna go back to another 90s reference do you remember when snoop dogg left death row and went to no limit yes it feels a lot like that yeah it's like you're like oh man it's gonna be crazy snoop and master p oh man this is gonna be like he's gonna go to another level and then like paid the cost to be the boss came out you're like Wah. like this is not <laughs> <laughs> This is forced. This doesn't feel good. And like, it took Snoop getting back with Dre at the end of his No Limit contract to really kind of reinvigorate his career again. So I say all that because it seems like Bill and Jalen are like, they need to be together to work. When their powers combine, they have a nice chemistry. And Jalen's struggling because he's not the only NBA guy anymore, ESPN. You got Chauncey, you got Trace McGrady. And so he feels, you can tell he feels like, man, my unique voice is getting lost because these guys are here now and it's not the same. And so I don't know. I'd be interested to see if Jalen kind of, I doubt he leaves ESPN, but 
I'd be interested to see if they do some stuff together in the future to kind of reinvigorate that chemistry that made them both successful. Yeah, I think I think the thing with Bill Simmons is is it's almost just like that. It's like the the Snoop Dogg and No Limit because he thought, you know, they don't want me. I can go somewhere else. And really, some things are better in abstract. Like they're better in theory, and in theory, it should work, right? You got Bill Simmons, who's a Passionate sports fan, you got HBO as the premium network. They produce great content. They're an Emmy machine. And they've had really good success with Vice. So you're thinking, okay, this should work out. This marriage should be great. But it just fell flat. And I think on Bill's part, he probably just needs to get an ego check, maybe eat some crow, yep. uh, go back and say, look, you know, why don't I spend more time developing this craft? Because to be frank, a lot of the 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 feedback that I always heard about Bill Simmons at ESPN is that his editors were frustrated because like he's trying to say, let's do more, 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 and they're keeping him in check. And they're like, no, we gotta dial it down, we gotta dial it down. Like things take time. And in that respect, I don't think he has that anymore. Like I don't think mm. he has somebody putting him in check and saying, This content doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> doing whatever you want to do. And maybe he just needs to eat some crow, hire a really good editor, and maybe he'll find that magic. But I would like to see him and Jalen like get together on something. I don't care what it is. I just yeah. think they're funny together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, you're right, man. So uh, yeah, here's the hoping that you know Bill Simmons kind of regains his footing, and Jalen Rose gets back to being Jalen, and uh, yeah, things get back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along. Um, I think in the center point of this podcast, we definitely need to touch on the elephant in the room, which is the presidential election. Oh. So tomorrow's the big day. Uh, this is Monday evening, the night before the election. And, you know, this has been an interesting ride. It's been over a year plus, and Donald Trump has definitely made his presence be known um, in the most unconventional way as the Republican candidate. And Hillary Clinton uh, has been just a, I don't want to say a tank, but man, she just takes all the shots and keeps moving, keeps rolling over. And as Trump is as well, he's taking a lot of hits too. He, he both, they both have persevered to the finish line. Um, but never has, I don't think the country has been, well, I, I say that, I doubt that's true, but the country just seems really divided. I think it was already divided, but this has not helped um, the wounds uh, in the country. And without, you know, leaning towards one candidate or another, because, you know, our listeners could be going to one way or another and everyone has a right to vote for who they want to. Uh, let's just touch on just the overall feel of this election and kind of like what happens now, what happens tomorrow and what happens Wednesday, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, and, it's, I don't I don't know, man. I just think this election season is proof of why uh, we need to not just worry about the presidential election, but we need to also worry about the local elections and the midterms. Yeah, So I think for a lot of us, we just, this has kind of come, like we didn't see this coming, right? This just came out of blue. And most of us, whether you're on Hillary's team or whether you're on Trump's team, the, the biggest thing is you feel like the other candidate is just a fraud. Yep. You feel like they're terrible, either they're bigoted and they're racist, or they got some emails and they're ruthless. 
you just don't trust either candidate. But I don't think we really see our responsibility in that we kind of created this monster. Like we, we don't have really good voter turnout during uh, midterms. I want to say I read a article today that said only 20% of eligible voting Americans vote and participate in midterm elections. And then even on a presidential scale, only 50% of the people that could vote or are eligible to vote do vote. So imagine if we just doubled the midterm and maybe we have different rep- representatives you know, at a local and municipal level um, or even at a state level, and they're demanding more from you know, these national level um, politicians, maybe that changes the landscape. But this has just been the most bizarre spectacle I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's a mess, and uh, it's, it's it's slowly but surely coming to an end. Um, but it, like I said, right now I think people, I think both of them, are, it seems like they're both exhausted. Like they're both like, man, this is getting this. We, we both pushed ourselves to the limit, um, and now let the cars fall when it may. Um, but you know, tomorrow we, we're gonna see. You know. Voter turnout, you know, I think early voting has done really well. I know I've gotten out and early voted. Um, it wasn't, wasn't a bad process at all in Georgia. Um, and then, you know, people have voting days tomorrow, official voting days tomorrow. And then hopefully, you know, whoever wins the other candidate, which is going to be surprising, gives the support to the other candidate is like, Hey, good luck, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, Wednesday, I hope that. Whoever wins and whoever loses, um, and you know, any other senior leadership like President Obama and Michelle Obama and Joe Biden kind of try to push for the country to heal. Like, cause we can't have this fractured country the way that it is. It's just really, really, yeah. I just think it's yeah. for our kids' sake, you know, I just think we're going in the wrong direction. And yeah. I, I think about that a lot. I'm like, wow, you know, for me, I'm like, well, I'm in my thirties, you know, I've seen, highs and lows in politics but um culturally i just really feel like something really needs to shift to be more inclusive more understanding and uh more realistic you know yeah i i completely agree like it's different it's different when you have a a perspective involving someone else so whether it's your significant other or your children like you're looking at things a little bit more clearly. It's not just like, hey, I'll vote just because. It becomes like, no, this this matters. And I think you're absolutely right. Whoever the president is, I think Wednesday would be that telltale sign. Like, I think it's either going to give, like, either way, it's going to give validation somehow. Like, it's going to give validation to, like, you know, bigotry and, and all this other crap. And it's going to give validation to, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists or validation to to people that think like you can just do whatever you want as a politician and you know serve no moral uh, recourse or legal recourse. So Wednesday will be very telling. Like I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but Wednesday is probably the more pivotal pivotal date in my mind. Like we gotta we gotta do something. No, I agree, man. So. Yeah, here's to the election. Here's hoping for smooth transition and, and everyone doesn't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so now if we uh, hear some positive news. Um, so last, no, I'll say about two weeks ago, uh, 
we got surprised by the announcement that a tribe called Quest will be releasing their final album. And it was coming not like, oh, this is coming three months down the road or in 2017. Like, no, this is coming in like three weeks. And this is for real. And the fact that it was coming from Q-Tip's mouth, that's why I first read it off Q-Tip's uh, IG blog, IG post. And I was like, holy crap, man. Q-Tip is like getting behind this. When he know from what I've gathered from him as a fan, it seems like he's like the, the hard one to please. And like nothing goes out without the meticulous, you know, crafting of an album. So it could take like years, you know? Uh, so anyway, yeah, we got it from here. Thank you for your service is a new album. And whoa, I mean, I'm, I haven't been excited about an album, man, since Michael Jackson's Invincible. <laughs> oh man, you rock my world, man. I was so hyped. <laughs> He was dancing in the mirror, like doing the. Oh, movie. man. Mike, 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 Mike was bringing it back, man. I said, oh, man, Mike for 2000. The Millennium Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ready. <laughs> but, uh, no, all jokes aside, man, this, this was, I did not see this one coming. I kind of had a, I know L.A. Reed, and I, when he said that, I was like, man, this really is happening. He may have messed this up because he came out and said, well, you know, Tribe, the Tribe Called Quest has a new album nobody knows about. I'm like, why are you telling people about it? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, never mind. It, it, the, the temperature wasn't right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done this. So I was like, man, if there is an album out, I sure hope he didn't mess this up. And luckily, he didn't. So what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I think it's, I remember writing a piece about this. And I know there was a uh, New York Times piece. I feel like it's just bittersweet. Like, I feel like on two, on two levels, it's just, it's unfortunate that this is the last one. So, like, I've been a Tribe fan since uh, the Love Movement. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to it, and I was like, man, this is, this is great. And it kind of introduced me to the roots. And then I just became a hip-hop head ever since. But I just think of all the years that they were squabbling and they had all this beef and how that sacrificed so much good music, right? Yeah. And then, you know, they finally rekindle. It, it kind of started right around like 2011 when their documentary came out. Yeah. With uh, Michael Rappaport, uh, which is a great, which is a great documentary, by the way. It is. Well, I thought they started to rekindle things and then they fell off a little bit and then they got back on things, especially last year when they had the televised performance and it just seemed like they were hitting their stride. But then we get the tragic news of, you know, Fife Dog passing away. And it's like, wow. Like, it took all these years to get back to this chemistry and this, this great sound. Um, but now it's like, this is it. Like, this is definitely the final album. But on the other end, it's just, it's bittersweet because I think we're seeing the ends of a genre of music. Like, this, this year in particular has been... Uh, very heavy for old heads to come back and, you know, stake their claim into hip hop. Whether it's De La Soul, Common's, you know, album that he put out last week, which was a visceral, dissonant portrayal of just what the political climate is right now. Um, I just think we're reaching that, that, that level where these albums are going to be fewer and far between. 
And granted, there are some some younger guys that will carry the torch. Like I think Kendrick and J. Cole are going to be great for years to come. Uh, Big Sean will be amazing. So there's some some really good talent. Uh, but it's just it's bittersweet because I feel like this is definitely the beginning of the end of that era as a whole. Yeah, man, I I, I can't agree with you more. I it, it hurts me because when I you know like I said we both found tribe and even the whole native tug movement, you know, later after they had kind of already had their, I don't know, they had their peak, but they, you know, the early nineties were there was their time to shine. And when I kind of like discovered tribe, I was in high school and I heard check the rhyme. I, you know, I had seen the find a way video. I liked it. I thought it was cool, but love movement was probably and their whole scale of albums was probably on the lower tier. Cause yeah. all the fraction from fiction and, Fractions within the group, it just wasn't the same cohesive creative album that they had put out before in the earlier out- outputs. But it was still a good song and a good album too. But, um, but Check the Rhyme, man, I remember I was in a record store in Ann Arbor, Michigan and Check the Rhyme came on. And they were just, this was like an old school record store and they would just be playing like just albums on the speaker. And I was like, yo, this is amazing, man. Hearing Feist verse and hearing that beat, man. I was just like, oh, man, I got to go buy this. I bought the anthology. And that was like my gateway. And from there, man, I just became hooked. And I've always been a fan of Tribe. And then like Fife, you know, when he passed, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy, man. I know he was just really sick. And, I, you know, I remember I first saw him. I think it was like Hip Hop Honors or something like that. And I was like, man, what the hell happened to him? But... um when I heard his new single that he released um, after he passed, Nutshell, and it was produced by Jay Dilla, and I was like, oh, man, Fife still got it, man. I, I love that track. Like, it's apparently he's worked on a ton of stuff. Like, he's got a, a solo album coming out, too, soon. But, man, I, I love Nutshell. I love, like, the energy. I love that, like you said, with Daylight's new album as well, that, that old-school vibe, but it still had, like, current tone in it. Yeah. And... So yeah, so in this album, man, you know, I've Q-Tip, I've been waiting, you know, he's he's been sitting on his album, The Last Zulu, for a couple of years now. I mean, I love the Renaissance album when it came out. I was waiting for Last Zulu, but you know, I'll take this. You know, this is this is better, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is it's like I think everybody from that like the roots, I, I read that they were working on their album. But this is just they're coming out with these, they're still coming out with their signature sound, and they're still tried, but I'm excited to see what Q-Tip does production-wise. And I'm pretty sure it's going to have some, some Jay Dilla references because from what I understand, Jay Dilla just has an infinite amount of music that he worked on during his lifetime. And I think people were just pulling it out of the shelves like, hey, this is fire. Nobody ever uses this. Let's go ahead and use it now. But this, if the Renaissance was any indication, and then, you know, the grumblings that I've heard about um, the last Zulus in the indication. This Tribe album is probably going to be a good send-off for Fife, a good tribute to, you know, his legacy, but also just a return to form for probably one of the most influential groups of all time. It just sucks that this is it. Like, there's nothing else after this. Yeah, but hey, you know, to be quite honest, you really can't mourn because, like, in my mind, they were going to ever do another album. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. That's, yeah, that's very true. So I didn't think I didn't think their beef, like, the, I didn't think the Q-Tip Fife beef would ever die. But I'm glad that it did because 
they were best friends. Like they they formed this as kids. You don't ever just on a human level, not even a purely selfish. I'm a consumer in music level. Just on a human level, like I don't ever want to see relationships like that deteriorate. So yeah, especially over like you know as you gain success and seeing like success break you apart. That's always you know hard to see. Um. But yeah, you know, and Q-Tip, when he first he posted like a letter on Instagram kind of saying like what what caused this album to come and what to expect and who's going to be on it, he said, you know, we recruited fellow tribesmen, Busta Rhymes and, and Consequence. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I, mean, I love Consequence. It, you know, he he goes off the off the reservation every now and again, but I love his flow. I love what he did on good music. I love what he did um, when he was working with Tribe. Um, and I was like, okay, cool, man. Keep it organic, man. You know, keep it to the main core, you know, the people who have really kind of split off from tribe, you know, not like bring all these other people in, like, and so then when I started reading more, it's like, you know, you got guest features by Andre 3000, Kendrick, Jack White, um, pretty sure I met some other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I would, I, I hope to God is not just Andre 3000. I hope it's with Big Boy. Cause I'll be pissed to see that, like, oh, this, he gets picked to go up to varsity and, and big boy gets left behind on JV. <laughs> like that would piss me off. Like outcast is a unit. And even though three stacks is by far, like one of the more influential lyricists as well. I just, I, I would hate to see like what this message of what this album is of like coming together and putting together beef or whatever issues you have in your group to come together, to put out this beautiful thing. And then he goes and like, oh, I'm going to do this without Big Boy. Like, we still ain't cool. Like, I just feel like that's a contradiction that should not happen. So, yeah, I, I hope, I hope that Big Boy is on his album too. But from what you would hear from like the old Tribe albums, and you, it would just be like, people would be on records, but you wouldn't know it. And I know that's kind of been a trend lately in, you know, the music industry where people would be like, oh, guest appearance, but you wouldn't, like in the liner notes, you wouldn't see them. It would just be like, oh, that's so-and-so. I know that's so-and-so on here. And so now the fact that they're saying, oh, it's got guest appearances by these people, I hope it's not like this Tribe Called Quest, like featuring the hottest who's who and people you think should be on here is on here. I'm like, ah, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too much of a stickler and kind of a weirdo, but. I, I hope that it still has that organic vibe that all the tribe albums have had. Yeah, I can dig that. Like, you're, the hope is that you hope it just isn't some tribute or some send off. Like, hey, let's gather all the game together. Like, people that are popular, people that we collaborated with, and this is just kind of like, hey, this is kind of like our farewell tour because we all saw what Kobe's farewell tour yeah, was. Yeah, that was man. Cool. <laughs> I'm still. I, I, I get that. Like I and I respect that too. Like I hope it's a genuine tribe album and not just a send-off album. But I just I can't help but be excited. Like Kendrick, Kendrick and Tribe, I can I can't imagine with just the way uh Q-Tip's production is and just the way that Kendrick can change up his flow. I just imagine that's gonna be amazing. And then Buster Rhymes, I saw him perform here in Atlanta um, at the, there's a hip-hop festival down here, uh, the One Music Fest. Okay. And he, like, Buster Rhymes still got it. Like, Buster oh, yeah, Rhymes he still, got, still got, it. got the energy, he still got the passion, he still got the signature flow. So I know he's hungry to get back in the studio. Uh, I just, artistically, I just hope it's like what you said, 
it's not this, hey guys, we're going off on this, this, this farewell thing. Let's just bring everybody together. I hope it's a genuine, this is Tribe's album. Yep, I agree. So, you know, riding the high of that, dude, this can't get any more better. You hear that news, you say, oh man, this is going to be a great way to end the year. And then we find out that not on, on top of putting out a new album, they're going to be performing on Saturday Night Live. And then it comes out that guest host is going to be Dave Chappelle. And you're just like, yo, this is like nuts. Like, this is like too good to be true. Like, this is Christmas in November, like culturally, like to the point where like, for one, you know, if you've had, if you had some kind of inkling in this since Jan- like January, like with De La Soul's album, right? You knew they had the crowdfunding. You knew they were building the momentum. It was coming. Here, this stuff, you had no idea this stuff was coming. And the fact that, okay, SNL is, I mean, in some opinions, pretty bland show. Um, they definitely tried to up the, the African American and Hispanic, um, presence on the show, which is, you know, uh, big up to Lauren Michaels for doing that. It still feels like, you know, when you growing up on Living Color, growing up on Chappelle's show, that edginess, I know you can't bring it to network TV, but I don't know. I feel like every now and again, they need to just really try to spice it up and relying on Keenan to bring that edge is not going to do it. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, seeing Dave Chappelle's going to be the, the guest host, I can't help but wonder, you know, man, is he going to bring some of that Chappelle show edge, like racial commentary kind of to the show? Or is it going to be like, oh, I'm just here because Tribe asked me to be here. I'm just going, you know, like Eddie Murphy when he came to that. I think it was the, what was the, the 25th anniversary of SNL? He just, what was he just, he just showed up because they asked him to and he needed to, to collect the check. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, stop it. Stop it. Okay. 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 And it's like, okay. Like, I don't, I hope he's really coming like with his A game or not even his A game, even his B game would be sufficient for SNL. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I mean, of course, I mean, everybody's excited, but I think this is going to be cool. You see two legends that have kind of like fizzled. I mean, Dave's been doing comedy shows. He's, he, you know, he's been around, but still not in front of a public audience of this magnitude. Um, I hope he, I hope he shines. I hope Tribe shines as well and brings energy like they've always done at their shows and really, you know, show SNL like, Hey, this this is the kind of stuff we got to have on here. This kind of this this definitely taps on something culturally that, not to say they they don't tap on in their musical guests and their hosts, but it's just sometimes it just falls really flat. Yeah. I, so to be quite honest, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be the first time that Dave Chappelle is going to be on television since the death of his show, right? No, no, he's been he's been on Tonight Show. Um, well, I mean, I've seen like. Like actually, like like doing somewhat of a sketch because I'm guessing if he's hosting, he's going to be included in some sketches. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, you know, I, I, you know, this could be something where Dave just pops up and say, "Okay, introducing Tribe Called Quest." And he just yeah, walks I, off. I hope, <laughs> I hope it's not that. But to be honest, I'm I'm surprised that this didn't happen sooner. Like Dave Chappelle has been kind of back from whatever reprieve or whatever. Uh, abyss or oblivion that he entered in when he left, you know, his flagship show from County Central for a while, at least for like the last three or four years. And SNL has been struggling for a while. And you're right. I think some of it is bland. Some of the material doesn't really have the punch or the edginess of yesteryear. But I think some of it is just also the climate that we live in. Like, 
people don't just watch sketch TV on uh, when it premieres because they know they can get it on demand either That's through true. YouTube or through, you know, NBC.com. Like Key and Peele was a pretty good show, but its ratings were bad because people just got the the um, the clips from YouTube. Viral clips, yeah. Yep. Or they got, you know, the digital content from ComedyCentral.com. So I think SNL, I like that they're still going, but I think this is, if I'm an executive at SNL, I make this move a year ago. Like I get Dave Chappelle on my show because I know he probably needs it. We need it. It's going to get ratings somehow. Like he does some sketches. And we've been in this kind of racial, political climate for like the last two years. And he's kind of our signature voice when we're talking about race issues or pop culture issues. So I'm surprised this hasn't come sooner. I'm still excited and ecstatic. Like, I don't want it to just be an introduction. I want it to be almost authentic Dave Chappelle doing sketches. I like to see how, you know, Keenan mixes it up. I like to see even maybe if some. Maybe he has a guest on there. But I think SNL's problem has been they haven't gotten the premier comments. Like, imagine if Hannibal Burris was on SNL. Oh, yeah. That would be, <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, you would actually watch that. Yeah. You would watch it because Hannibal Burris is a premier comic. And no offense to Keenan, he's just not on that same level. He's, he's funny in his own right, but he's not nearly on that same level. Yeah, so, Keenan, Keenan is Tim, Tim Meadows ish. He's got the, <laughs> he's a, I love Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows is funny, but Tim Meadows cannot be your, 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 your star hitter. Like he's got to be the guy off the bench. Like, you know, relief, relief <laughs> hitter. Exactly. exactly. And I, it's, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I, I want to see it. I'm going to tune in on, this will be the first time I tune into SNL since high school and since, you know, I stayed up. Uh, every Saturday to watch their clips. But I think a lot of people are tuning in, and I'm just flabbergasted. Who did not make this come sooner? But but be honest, though. Like, Dave Chappelle with, I, I don't know, think of some kind of random musical guest from, you know, Ariana Grande, you know, like, that wouldn't be the same. Like, I'm like, ah, like it... The fact that he's doing this with the Tribe Called Quest is kind of like, it makes it, cause you know, think about Chappelle's show. He was always featuring like the underground hip hop or like the most deaths, the Kanye's, the Tyler Qualies, the yeah. Commons. Like that's his, that's his kind of hip hop. And his show always had that on it. And now, so now you think about it, it's almost like a natural progression. Like you got Tribe, which is his, like, if they, if they lie or if a Kanye was musical guest too or something like that or the roots, I could see Chappelle coming back, but this feels right. Like I, 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 I wouldn't ask for it any other way. So if he, if cause I'm pretty sure they've approached him before, and he's like, nah, nah, I'm good. But the fact that he said yes to this, or even a prince, if a prince was like musical guest before he passed or something like that, Dave Chappelle would have been I, I cool. Took, that would have been epic. That would have taken RB. So, but man, this is this is uh, this stuff. Uh, thank you for you know taking time out to, to come on the show. Uh, but this is a time to be, um, I don't want to say optimistic, uh, happy, excited, elated. It's just, um, Christmas is around the corner. Yeah. Minus, minus the election. This is probably the most jubilant time of the year. Yep. 
So the year is coming to an end. Uh, we're going to try to get a couple more team podcasts in before the year ends. But I thought this was a great time to reinvigorate the show and get it back on track. And um, what other, what better time to do it than with a tribe album, new tribe, Quest album to discuss the election, NBA. Um, so Morgan, thank you again, man, for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. This was, this was fun, man. This is a good conversation. So yeah, man, we we'll have to keep keep some more of these going. So we'll definitely have you back on. Um, but yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. Please continue to listen, passing along, and uh, till next time, take care. <laughs>